0: He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Yeah, listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leaf's Lunch with Julia Tucheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Don't
1: be shy, shy, shy. is brought to you in part by 2 for 1 pizza. It's 2 for 1 Tuesday. Order a regular price pizza from the Create Your Own Menu and get a second pizza of the same size or lesser value free. Nothing better than a pie with a game on a Tuesday. You got the Tampa Bay Lightning in town taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tampa, I mean, this teams they're rolling right now. They've won seven of their last eight in the month of December. They got Anthony Sorelli back, and that's really coincided with their quick turnaround this season. And they're a red-hot club running into into Toronto. And as you pointed out in the first hour, They've kind of been running into a lot of teams that are on a roll right now. It hasn't worked out in Washington, didn't work out in New York, but uh, they're hoping to put a stop to the skid um, tonight against Tampa Bay Lightning. You're going to go tonight. I might go down tonight. Well, what's, what's the determining
0: factor for you and to decide to, to head out from Niagara? That's
1: not a short. Haul. Well, I'm, I'm I'm here in Toronto, so really, it's I, I hop on. I could walk down in 30 minutes if I really wanted to. Probably we will just take the streetcar down the street though. Okay. So it's only a quick uh, quick walk from from Harbour Front up to the the Scotia Bank, but. I, I honestly it's just kind of a game time decision right. if 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 I decide to go or not maybe it depends on if I end up eating or what I don't know I I'll make that decision at a at a later point if I want to watch it from from home or if I want to go into the building but it's a big game so I might want to go cuz I think there there should be some atmosphere and any time that that Tampa rolls in like they they always want to give Toronto a run for their money and look I think this is also a matchup where you look, and this could potentially be a repeat of the playoffs from a year ago, and that was a coin flip series. I mean, even today, you've got the coach out there, John Cooper, talking about how it was a coin flip series and and how it could have went either way and, and said, luckily, it went our way. Again, poking the bear of Leafs Nation as he typically does. Um, so it's going to be a big game. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about 85% that I'm going I'm to head down there for it.
0: So do you read into, if this is a playoff preview, which I, I think it is, do yeah. you read into the fact that Matt Murray is starting tonight?
1: Um, I didn't think about it. I don't think so. I, I, they've kind of had this, this schedule right. in, in place. and So I think they were just kind of going with, with the schedule. So whether it was going to be... Like if it was flip flopped where uh, they were playing Tampa on Thursday and, and Philly on, on Tuesday today, I think it still was gonna be Matt Marie and that.
0: I think if you're the Leafs, you these are the kind of games that, that you just you have to win to, to kind of quiet the noise a little bit because you know that the you know, those if, if they lose tonight, those are the questions that are gonna come. Right, and those are the questions they're going to follow this team and practice the next day. Right, what did you learn against Tampa Bay? What did you, what do you think you need to do come playoff time? Because they know as well as anybody else, you know, probably listening right now, that what matters is what happens in April right. with this team. And and right. you know, it's kind of um, it's 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 a bit uh, unfortunate that you know the, the playoff system is what it is, and we already know who's going to play whom. I know. And you have two great teams that are going to play. In the first round, we talk about growing the game and getting the best players out there. I don't know if this playoff format is the best way to get, you know, the best <laughs> players out there for the longest amount of time. Uh, you know, that's a conversation maybe for another day, but yeah, these are the questions that are going to follow this team is, 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 is what happens tonight. So again, it's, it's, it's about maturing and kind of quieting the noise throughout the regular season. And that's why I think this game matters. A lot. Every game matters for this, this team.
1: But that's why I think this one matters just a little bit more. Well, it, it always is going to. like Not only for the fact that this is a team who you definitely want to beat. Last time they were in your building, they beat you. Right? Game 7. Nick Paul scored two goals, as we were reminded today <laughs> by Coach John Cooper. So, you know, last time they were there, they were the ones who were getting the respect in the handshake line and you know those comments kind of grew some legs and took on a life of its own but this is your your chance to go out there and i guess avenge that loss here in front of your home fans and hopefully the team comes and brings energy cuz if if i do remember so i was at game 1 of the playoffs last year and they ended up just Dominating that game it was a five nothing win by by Toronto, and I remember afterwards Sheldon Keith giving a lot of credit to the fans because they came out, they were hooting, they were hollering, they got behind the Leafs early and often, and it persisted through the whole game, and it, it really kind of propelled them a, into having a strong game. And you know, hopefully they can do a lot of the same things tonight, and and they could, you know, the fans can give them that little extra jump, that extra energy because they're going to need it, right? Like they're taking on a good quality team. They've won five games in a row, and in those five games, no team has scored more per 60, no team has allowed less goals per 60, like they're the best team in the NHL over the course of the last couple of weeks, they've been a buzzsaw, and they're coming into Toronto, so they're going to have to be ready for it tonight
0: Cali Arncroft back as well mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that, that you know, we have to keep our eyes on, because you know, with with Dennis Malgin, you know, being shipped out, this questions are gonna continue. Who's in on that, you know, second line left wing role? I, I like Callie Arncrock in that role. I think he needs a little bit longer of a runway. Yeah. Um and I think Sheldon Keith really wants that one to work. You know, when you when you talk to Sheldon Keith about Callie Arncroc he often goes to his offense first, and that's offense that we haven't necessarily seen yet. But I think if you're Sheldon Keith, you really feel like it's going to happen at some point. He talks a lot about Strength, his shots.
1: He's a guy who's been in the NHL for, for a decade. Like, and, and you would think that offense would have came through already by now. That's, that's why I find it odd that that's the first thing that he goes to. For sure, but I, again, I I think that's why
0: Sheldon Keith just really wants it to work, and yeah. I think that's why he's probably going to get a bit of a longer runway
1: here. Yeah, well, he's you know signed here long term, signed a four year deal this summer. So if that can if they can make that work, I think they'd be uh, extremely happy. Uh, We got a guy on the line who has scored a lot of goals. He's a man who does score a lot and made a lot of coaches happy in his day in the National Hockey League. Uh, He's a a Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, and current Lightning VP of Corporate and Community Affairs. It's Dave Andrichuk, also a former Maple Leaf. How's it going, Dave?
2: I'm doing well, guys. I will say this, that uh, I wasn't always pleasing coaches. <laughs> I well, don't know who actually does all the time. To be honest with you, well,
1: apparently Michael Bunting of the Maple Leafs. He seems yeah. to be the the, the son. Uh, who was your favorite coach? Like, what's a, a quality that you really appreciate in a coach, or someone where you had like a buddy buddy chummy relationship with? It was you know, I mean, you, you well, you played under torts Like, was that a guy who was high up on your list, and he was a very demanding guy? Well, but
2: he was. Yeah, he was. I I mean, everybody, they all got their own qualities, right? All the top coaches. And, you know, I love to play for Pat Burns, to be Mm. honest with you. I think Doug Gilmore and myself, we had a good relationship with him. And let's face it, I was on the ice every second shift, right? So, yeah, you know, I didn't mind that at all. I think probably the guy that I coached under that maybe I learned the most was was Jacques Lemaire. Uh, I spent three and a half years with him with the Devils. And, man, you know, he just said the right things, right? Obviously, this is a guy that's played before. He's won cups. He understands what's going on. And, you know, I learned a lot from him. Uh, the quiet demeanor, you know, I mean, um, we all weren't fans of how he would approach the game. But, boy, they won games. And that's all that matters, right? We're in the business of winning. So I did learn a lot from him. And, of course, my relationship with John Tortorella and, you know, knowing him in Buffalo and then getting to Tampa and, you know, giving me the leadership role. And, you know, I, I just, I think Torch is great. I really do. I mean, uh, you guys, you know, maybe from afar, you watch him and you just, you, you know, you hear him. and But I know John is a person. He's just a great guy. He really is. You know, all he wants to do is win and make players better. Uh, so I hope that he does well in Philly there. I know he's got a tough task ahead of him, but... Mm-hmm. At certain times they seem to be okay, and then at other times they're not, and that's probably just a young group. But he'll turn them around. He'll get them to do. He'll get them to be hard to play against at the very least.
1: Yep, he's always been a guy who's kind of got the 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 least out of the most. He squeezes every little drop out of that lemon everywhere he goes. So I think that'll happen. And and another great coach is the guy who's currently the bench boss in Tampa right now, and it's John Cooper. We've been talking about him all day just because every time he rolls into Toronto or Toronto rolls into Tampa, he always has, you know, these, these quip comments, and it seems like he just kind of stabs the Maple Leafs fans in the back a little bit, twists the knife a little. I don't know if you heard it today, but somebody had asked him, um, you know, what has Nick Paul brought to your group? And his answer was, well, oh, two goals in game seven. He says this in Toronto the day that they play. So, I mean, like, what, what what do you make of of John Cooper and and you know his antics on the ice and, and what he the value that he brings to this lineup as well?
2: Well, I will say this that obviously the record speaks for himself. Um, you know, it's uh, he's got success now. He has good players, but a lot of coaches have had good players in the past, and they you know they don't win championships and they don't have. The success that John has, so um, you know he keeps it fresh. When you think about this team and three cups in a row that they've gotten to, um, you know, winning two of them. I mean, they've played a lot, a lot of hockey, um, and he still keeps it, you know, fresh. That they are compete on on a nightly basis. Now, a little bit is to do with Julian Briezuel. You know, some of your lineup changes that you make, you bring in some younger guys. You know, and I think that all helps John keeping it fresh. But man, he just gets these guys to play. They just love to play for him. Um, you know, they want to compete. I think every day is kind of a new day for him, uh, and that's the way he, he goes. He approaches it right. Like, you know, you come into Toronto here, and, and you know, it's it's a big game for them. And they they that this veteran team kind of understands that. So, yeah, he's. Uh, uh, He's a special coach. You know, he's a guy that's been around a while, and I don't see him going anywhere anytime no. soon, the way that this team is playing.
0: Hey Dave, does it feel, if you look at the the way things have gone, you look at the schedule, you look forward a little bit, does it feel almost inevitable that Toronto and Tampa are going to meet in the first round again? And, and if so, I'm curious from your perspective, have you seen any kind of differences in the way this Leafs team is playing this year compared to the way they played last year?
2: Well, let's face it, last year, guys, I mean, it was a close series, right? Like, I mean, I understand that Tampa wins, but I thought Toronto played really well. I thought they had guys that played good. You know, their stars played well. I don't know if there was a goaltending issue. I mean, it was a really, really close series. So, you know, I expect that again, to be honest with you. Um, and I think the Lightning understood that, you know, they understood that, you know, that's a, that's a team that, you know, it's knocking at the door, and the only way they're going to get through is they, is, you know, they they've got to kind of get through us, right? And it, it was a it was a great series. I thought it really was. And you know, is Toronto better? Um, you know, they might be. The, I think their goaltending will probably be better. You know, they've got some injuries on the back back end, but these guys seem to be playing pretty well now. You know, Giordano's playing. You know, with with some new life and. You know, uh, you know, Sandine is, is, has taken the next step, so you know, uh, I think that it's, you know, I don't know if Boston comes back to the group. I think they might, so you know, but if they don't, you know, then it's it's probably a Toronto, you know, may, um, Leaf uh, playoff round again. So, uh, you know, and our team has um, has gone through some changes also, right? Like, you know, you lose Ryan McDonough, you lose Andre Pallat. Mm-hmm two big pieces, right, two big pieces that you got to fill, and I think it's taken them a little while, especially defense, on the defense of how to figure out the partners and who's playing and the role that Mikhail Sergachev is now playing, and that's kind of taken a little while. Maybe a little stumble out of the gates, but man, I, you know, the way they're playing now, wow. they just find ways to win, and their superstars play well every night, and it's a goal, it's a, it's a timely save, you know Vasilevsky's back to where he, you know, we all know him as. So it's uh, <laughs> it's the lightning of old. That's for sure.
1: Oh yeah, they're playing exceptional hockey right now. It's a buzzsaw coming into Toronto. I mean, they're seven and one in the month of December. Number one goal differential in the league. But I'm curious though. Like this coincides with the return of Anthony Sorelli. Is that a coincidence or is he really just an integral part of this Tampa Bay Lightning and and the fabric of this team?
2: Well, yeah, you're right. Getting him back was, has changed a lot. I, I think it's just kind of given them the depth in the lineup, you know, and this is a guy that you can obviously move up and down, right? Like he, he can be in your top six and, but he, you know, he's really picked up the guys around him. Uh, you know, he's now playing with Colton and Maroon and that line has kind of, you know, really sparked the team at times in games. And um, yeah, sure, you have your superstars up front in the first, you know, the first top six, but. It's Sorelli that's really come in and kind of put that depth back in their lineup. And they were missing him, right? Like not only on the penalty kill, but just, you know, the way he plays and the energy that he provides. And, it's uh, you know, he hasn't really missed a beat. You know, you think of a guy coming back and missed, a, you know, a month of the season. Well, he's come back and he's been really good. And, yeah, and I, I think you're right. Uh, putting him back in the lineup, it's changed everything.
0: Another guy that's really elevated his game, Brandon Hagel, nine points in his last five games. Um, what have you seen from him recently that's allowed him to, to as I said, kind of elevate his game?
2: Well, he's playing with two superstar players, right, in this for starters. Um, and I think at the be- <laughs> yeah, that helps. But you've got to <laughs> kind of figure out how you're going to fit in with these two. Right? right? And I think it's been a little bit of a process for him. I think at the beginning it's like, oh, my God, I've got to get the puck to off. Right, I gotta get it to him and I gotta find point and um and that kind of was he was just overthinking the game a little bit and not using what his talents are. He's got speed, you know, he's aggressive, you know, he competes at a high level, you know, he turns pucks over, and those are the things that now that's why the line is playing well. He's doing these small things. And you know, uh a year or so ago he's you know He's in Chicago and he's playing with Patrick Kane and he's, you know, he's racking up some points. Well, now, you know, a year later, he stumbled a little bit when he got to Tampa, but now they've found a spot for him here. and You know, he's really, he's really played well with those two guys. And uh, you could see they've been together for a little while now. And as as you guys very well know, that there's chemistry that has to build. And it's, it's, it's come to the point where this guy is really contributing to that, to not only that line, but the whole
1: team. Yeah, I, I think like the chemistry building part, it, when you, you talk about just how this team, you know, they went over a bit of turnover, right? There was, not to call it a retool, but there was some turnover. You know, Andre Palat left via free agency. Jan Ruta left via free agency. Um, they traded away Ryan McDonough. So, like, those were three key pieces to all three of these Stanley Cup playoff runs that Tampa made over the last couple of seasons. I find it really impressive that it seems like. You know, this team just has been able to have that turnover and not really miss a beat. I mean, who who do you credit more for that? Would it be, you know, John Cooper and just the, the outstanding coach that he is being able to integrate these guys and set them up for success? Is it the core that is able to just go out there and produce and elevate these players? Or, I mean, Julian Breezeball, the general manager, the kind of architect of this squad?
2: Well, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it starts with Julian, right? Because Julian's got the task of putting that – group together, right? I mean, you know, under the cap world that we live in. And it basically seems that Julian has kind of come up with this formula that you're going to lose guys. You know, you sign you sign certain players, but others, there's, you know, I'm not going to, you know, trade him at the deadline to get, you know, a pick. I'm going to just ride it right out to the end. And what he did with, you know, Yanni Gord, he did that with Yanni Gord. He did it with Blake Coleman. He's you know, he did it with Andre Pilat, you know, and um, and he, he gets everything out of them. You don't you don't trade him away at, at the deadline. I think that's one thing. Two, it's obviously it's, it's John Cooper and pushing the right buttons and getting the right groups together and them all being on the same page where they, they know their role, just go out and do your job, and, you know, we're going to be successful. And then... You know, as you said, you know, the star players, um, they pick up the pace. And, you know, there's never really a time where or it doesn't happen, you know, very often that, you know, all three, four of them, you know, are cold for a week straight. You know, you know, Stamkos went through a little bit of a lull, you know, didn't score in a little bit. But Point was playing great at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Kuturov has been pretty consistent all year. You know, I thought that Victor Hedman has been, you know, maybe not in his Norse seasons, but he's been good. And, well, now it's, you know, Sergachev that's helping him. And so it's – the star players have definitely picked up each other. Uh, and it's, you know, it's I – I would assume that other teams and other other cities around the league are looking at this team as like, you know, okay, here they go again. You know, they're starting to put things together, and, and they're they're looking like a team that – We all knew for for the last three years.
1: We're chatting with Dave Andertuck, Hockey Hall of Famer and uh, currently Lightning VP of Corporate and Community Affairs and former 53-goal scorer in the National Hockey League as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there's a guy who surpassed that last year by the name of Austin Matthews. And I'm curious, as someone who's been in those skates, who, who had a big, monstrous season, you know, is there a lot of pressure to have an encore the following year? like what, what was your mindset going into that season? Because I feel like Austin went had that 60 goal season and, and you know i 'll take some some heat on it. I, I was putting pressure on him. I expected him to get to sixty again i don 't know why I did because he's the first guy to do it in a decade, but I was like, oh he'll get there for sure. absolutely. I mean yeah. how much pressure yeah. do players put on themselves to maybe you know put on an encore performance like that after such a strong successful well, season?
2: First and foremost, <laughs> it's hard to score in this league, and you know I, to, to get 60 goals is just an incredible season, right? And I, to follow that back up, I mean, you're now on everybody's radar, obviously. You know the pressure you put the pressure on yourself every night, and you know you know things got to be aligned to, for that to happen. Um, you know, I think it's just more consistency. Hey, if he doesn't get 60 and he averages. Forty-five a year. I mean, would you take it? Absolutely for the next seven years, for sure. You know, and I don't know. He has to have that kind of breakout year again. I think it's more he has to be consistent. Can you know every night, you know, come up with the big goal, you know, make the play to for your team to win, and that that's plenty enough for I'm sure for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on him after the season that he had last year, which. You know, we all watched and how great it was. And he's, you know, basically stayed healthy for most of the year. And You know, he, he's a dynamic player. And uh, following that back up it would have been really, really tough. I mean, you know, I, if things got to happen. and But he's still going to be, he's still a dangerous player. And everybody in the league knows who he is.
1: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Dave, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully we can chat again down the
2: road. Yep, you got it, guys, anytime.
1: Absolutely. There he goes. Dave Andrechuk, former Toronto Maple Leaf, former Tampa Bay Lightning, former 53 goal scorer, Hockey Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, and uh, currently part of uh, Lightning's corporate and community affairs. So still in the game and still a great interview every time. Always gives us tremendous information.
0: Dave Anderchuk doesn't get um talked about enough with that 92 93 team Not in my nearly. perspective.
1: Not nearly. Like I, I agree with you.
0: There's the pantheon of of you know Doug Dougie. and Wendell and and Felix, but like I guess it's because you know he was a mid-season addition, but like when we talk about those teams and those teams just hang over you know Toronto uh in in good ways and bad, I think sometimes, but like we don't talk about Dave Anderchuk enough, you know, in that core. Um, and, and perhaps we should.
1: Yeah, because he was, I mean, just an outstanding player. H- Hockey Hall of Famer, obviously. And, you know, captained this Tampa team to a cup in 2004. And was great for the Maple Leafs while uh, while he was here as well. I-, I wanted to ask him, though. We ran out of time, unfortunately. But I was curious to get his thoughts on if anybody, like the whole Kill McCarr thing, if that had happened when he was playing, or if it did, like, you know, what's, what's the reaction on the bench with the guys? Are you are you giving the guys side-eyes when he gets there? Like, I, dude, what are you doing? It's probably not the players that I'd be
0: afraid of the side-eyes. It's the Pat Burns side-eyes. <laughs> that's the one. Pat Quinn? Sure. That's
1: the, like, you know. But this is... Sports?
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask him, too. Um, it's just It just speaks to the changing kind of just overall attitude within the game, um, you know, because... Again, like, Kale McCarr could probably never have pulled that, or, or no player could have pulled that off 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, Can you
1: imagine Gretzky just looking at the ref and be like, no, actually, he only breathed on me. You don't have to call it every time someone breathes on me. Don't worry about it this time. Like, that would not have happened at all. No, but again, like,
0: I, I think Pat Burns and Pat Quinn uh, would have had far more to say than, than, yes. than you know, his teammates would have, right?
1: Yes, I, I I would I would tend to agree. Probably would have been... Uh, not too pl- not too pleased with with those actions, but it's a it's a different world we live in, I guess. Um, all right, on the other side, Josh, we're gonna get to uh, our five days of Christmas. The Leafs lunch five days of Christmas, and we've got something a little different today. Each day we're doing something different, and this one is: What would you rather find under? the Christmas tree. So I'm love excited it. for that. It. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Josh Cloak of The Athletic. You'll listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.
2: Matthews, has done it again.
1: Now, back to
0: Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050.
2: The Leafs live here. Still the first this year. I just want my family.
1: I want to put continues. I'm step in with Josh Cloak of The Athletic. It's time for the Leafs Lunch Five Days of Christmas segment. We did this yesterday. We did uh, what's on the Christmas list, Christmas list, wish list. I don't know why I couldn't get that out of my mouth. And today we're doing something called, Would you? what would you rather find under the Christmas tree? So it's a what would you rather under the Christmas tree edition. This is something that, you brought to the table Josh. i did so i'm excited because you're going to be leading the charge here so you've got a couple of, of, of would you rathers classic classic game that I'm sure many people have played back in their day so i'm excited Let's well, get going. I,
0: I, I'm I'm really thinking a lot about Christmas this year. My son just turned four and so he, oh, he like gets big
1: Christmas year. Yeah, he gets yeah. what Christmas
0: is and he's asking for like gifts. Everything. None of which we're getting him. <laughs> um, we've we've gotten him we, I suppose he's not listening. We got him a guitar this year. A like, real guitar? Well, I think but it's but like, like I think it's like a four string. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, nice. he's, he's always into music. We've been listening to Christmas songs every morning for way too long now. <laughs> so I, I feel like I might have dug my own grave, though, by getting a four-year-old like a musical instrument. Yeah, that's
1: going to be annoying. His, his
0: yeah. room is right down the hall from mine. Um, might have
1: soundproofed that thing.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about <laughs> now. Uh, but that got me thinking about Christmas gifts and it got me thinking about, you know, what perhaps you would like to find under the Christmas tree Beautiful with the leaves themed, would you rather? So... We'll start it off with the first one. I know Dregs was touching on this. What would you rather find under the Christmas tree right now for the Leafs? A top six scoring winger mm. or a top four physical defenseman?
1: Yeah, this is one that I've, I've flip-flopped on recently. Uh, I was very much on the we need to get a defenseman front earlier in the season, especially right. when Jake Muzzin went out and then you know Brody went out and Riley went out. But then they actually, you know, the depth, stepped up, Lilligren and Sandine stepped up, Justin Hall stepped up, you had Mark Giordano playing like his vintage self, and it was like, man maybe these guys can do it like those six players could be a a nucleus for success in the playoffs given the way that they played in that you know dozen game stretch or so without uh, without their top three defensemen and perhaps they don't need to go out and make that big addition so I started to flip-flop the other way and think they don't have enough depth scoring you know they've got Austin Matthews and they got Nylander Marner scored a bunch this year Tavares scored a bunch earlier he's got a little a little quiet as of late. He's going like two in his last twelve, um, but they're not getting the depth scoring from anybody else down the lineup. Like Kerfoot finally scored his first goal at five on five last week. Engvall finally getting a couple of goals. Camp uh, hasn't scored in in a little bit. They're not getting much on the back end. So I've kind of flip flopped on it, and and now I'm more in the uh, market. Hoping to see a top six scoring forward under the Christmas tree. I, I just think that they need somebody else to come in and just give them a, a little bit more depth and someone who can score on the nights where, you know, the big boys are held in check. We talked about taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, that's a good team and they could shut you down and then it becomes, okay, what can your depth do? Whose depth is going to rise to the top? Last year it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was guys like Maroon, guys like Corey Perry who are scoring goals for them, and guys like Nick Paul who are scoring goals. I think the Maple Leafs could use a little bit of depth like that, so that's something that I think I would like for them to go out and acquire.
0: Yeah, I think Mike Johnson said it yesterday, like of all the kind of positions to to, to, to find, to, to fill the trade deadline, probably a, a winger is the easiest one.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. So
0: and Cheaper also. For sure. For sure. So, and and I, I think if you're the Leafs, you you really like that your defensemen just internally have stepped up. Um, so that's a big one. I think I'm inclined to agree with you there. All right, number two, would you rather find under the Christmas tree Matt Murray starting Game One of the postseason, or Elias Samsonov getting the nod in Game One? Oof, oof. Right? They've
1: both played really well um, to start the year. Samsonov has played exceptional. I mean, like he was up there uh, up until this, this previous start against Washington as the number one, say, percentage goaltender in the National Hockey League. I think since then he fell off and Lena Solmark has just kept plugging away. This is a difficult, difficult question to answer because I think I'm comfortable with either one to be quite honest with you. like This is one where whichever present I'm opening up under the Christmas tree, I think I'm happy with based on how they've played. If I had to pick one if I had to, probably would be Matt Murray, and it's for two reasons. One, it means that he's healthy, which is sure. a good, good yep. thing. Yep. And also means that he had been playing well enough, and the gamble worked out through the regular season, and we know what he could do in the playoffs. So I think my answer would have to be Matt Murray for those reasons.
0: Yeah, I but ahead of the season, uh, Jonas Siegel and I. Jonas Siegel, friend of the show. <laughs> I, I, can I say that as a as a debut co-host? Oh yeah, co-host, oh, yeah. Of the show? you can say that. That's my first friend of the show drop. I nice. love it. Um, we did kind of a preseason predictions, and and I predicted that Elias Samsonov would be the game one starter, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, and the reason I'm going to stick with that is I just I guess I like the upside a little bit more and. If one or the other should falter in like game one or game two and just have a terrible game, I guess I like the idea of going to Matt Murray as a quote unquote backup more than I do. I just feel like he would respond to the pressure of having to step in in game two or three more than or better than. Got the experience of doing that. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to stick with Samsonov, who who I've been backing all all year. I just think he's such a great personality and someone that wants to be around Toronto long term. Uh, Number three is one that I thought of last night. I'm really excited about this one. I'm <laughs> excited to see where you go. Would you rather find under the Christmas tree 2019 Ryan O'Reilly, and I'm talking Ryan O'Reilly at his absolute playoff best. Okay. For the Con rest Smythe of, winner. For the rest of this season and only this season, mm-hmm. or would you rather find under the Christmas tree Matthew Nyes and whatever the rest of his career entails? Oh,
1: man. Spicy. You know what? Spicy. I don't know if it's all that spicy. All right. And I'll tell you why. All right. You're offering me on a silver platter a guy who carried the St. Louis Blues through the playoffs, was the best player in that playoffs, won the consmite, the MVP, plays the right way in the playoffs, knows how to get it done... And he's bringing me a winning pedigree. I'll take that over, you know, what's in the box. You know, like the mystery box. I will take what I know over the mystery box. If you're giving me 2019 Ryan O'Reilly, like that is 100 percent going to be the gift I wish to receive. Matthew Nyes, I think, is going to be a terrific player. I think that he he's a great prospect, right? But we've seen a lot of prospects flame out. I mean, Nick Robertson was being just. Just as highly touted as Nyes was a couple of years ago. And, you know, not to say that he can't turn into what, you know, a good player, a top six contributor for this team, but he hasn't become that yet. And people are starting to sour on him. I think he was left off of Craig Button's top four under 24 on the Maple Leafs, and he's only 20 years old. So, not to say that Nyes is going to become that, he's going to be a bust. I still think that there's plenty of runway for him. He's extremely young, and he, he, he plays a solid sound game. He's having a great season in, in, in the college ranks. But you're giving me a con Smythe winner to add to this lineup of Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and then Ryan O'Reilly down the middle? Absolutely. That would set this team up. I don't know if there's any team in the NHL that can come close to that type of center depth. 1,000%. I would rather a 2019 Ryan O'Reilly for one season, one kick at the can, than... Roll the dice on Matthew Nyes' career.
0: I mean, this is essentially a convoluted way of asking whether or not you would trade Matthew Nyes for, and, and you wouldn't think about
1: it. I, well, I, so so that's that. This is 2019, Ryan O'Reilly. Well, we got we got to spice right? it up.
0: I got to spice it up.
1: I get that. So now you're asking me, would I actually make that deal today, Ryan O'Reilly? What he is right now for Matthew Nyes, and I think I would. I actually do believe I would. I would give up. Matthew Nice I don't know if he's as, as untouchable I don't think the Leafs have an untouchable prospect I don't think they do either and, and, and I don't know if there's a better player out there who fits with the Maple Leafs need both in terms of you know the the what he can do on the ice the intangibles that he provides, being a winner and playing that 200 foot game, being a centerman. Um, you know, he has the versatility to, to play on the wing too, like he has in international tournaments if they want to keep Tavares in, in center however they want to do things. He has that versatility. So I, I think I would be willing to make that deal. I, I don't know what else you're going plus, plus, plus off of that. That maybe would make me change my mind, but if it were a one for one, O'Reilly, a pending UFA for Matthew Nyes, who's, you know, giving up his contract rights and what he could become. I'm taking a gamble and I'm I'm probably going to roll with Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know if this
0: influences your decision at all, but I keep hearing Matthew Nyes very very desired throughout the league when it comes I to I would the imagine so. Right, he's a unicorn, right? 63210, great hands. Uh we'll leave that one at that. Number 4. This is another great one. Would you rather you're waking up bleary-eyed Christmas morning, you got two gifts there. Would you rather a guaranteed first-round win this year for the Leafs, or a guaranteed max extension
1: for Austin Matthews? Oh, give me the contract extension. Contract extension. See,
0: this is really interesting, because the last one you go all in on this year, and now you're just saying, uh, I'll bet the future.
1: Because this year, I mean, if you're giving me Matthews and the extension, I think this gives me multiple first-round advancements. Right. Whereas Matthew Nyes isn't gonna guaranteed to work right. out and give you those advancements. Like this is this is me thinking about this year where I still have Austin Matthews and where I, they still could advance to the first round anyways, so I don't have to, but this also gives me eight more seasons of AM thirty four and potentially fifty five goals in the bank every year. And if it and if that's the case,
0: if you re sign Austin Matthews as soon as you can It probably increases your chances of re-signing Mitch Marner, William Nylander, you know, keeping the band together because, you know, for lack of a better analogy, if the lead singer stays, you know, I think everybody else is is inclined to stick around as well.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. So I'm going to that one. You had some interesting charcuterie ones you wanted to do. Let's get to those.
0: Listen. I was very excited to come on and talk charcuterie. I could do two hours of charcuterie talk with you. We should start a podcast. I am ready. I am ready. Okay. <laughs> These are a bit more rapid-fire charcuterie questions. Would you rather charcuterie option number one, prosciutto or charcuterie option number two, spicy
1: salami, some so Oh, God. I mean, first <laughs> of all, they both belong on a board. Sure. I'll say that. But if I had to decide, oh, man. So... Is it prosciutto itself, or can I go with its its cousin, prosciutini?
0: I love that you asked that question. Like, I love that that's where you went. But to me, you got to go with prosciutto, which okay. to me is the undisputed
1: number one pick. That's that's where I'm going. See, to me, prosciutini the 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 goat. To me, I adore. It's like a pork shoulder. I, I love that stuff. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to go with. Super shot, because I love me some super shot too.
0: Question number two Would you rather find on your charcuterie board Pecorino Romano, which to me is the elite mm-hmm. hard cheese? Mm-hmm. It trumps Parmigiano any day of the week, but that's just me. Would you rather find Pecorino Romano or a soft brie cheese on your charcuterie oh, board?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Pecorino Romano.
0: You wrap You wrap some Pecorino with. The prosciutto you
1: are laughing you're not getting up off the couch it's, you're laughing it's delicious A- any any type of meat y- you are tossing some eggplant in there it's oh my goodness i'm uh, hungry already
0: i feel like i should have opened with this one and, and we should have led into the meat one but uh <laughs> not to be forgotten on the charcuterie board is some kind of veggie element just to make you feel like you're doing yourself some good mm-hmm. so would you rather roasted red
1: peppers or mm-hmm. fresh grapes Mmm, good question. I'm gonna go with roasted red pepper. <sighs> roasted red pepper You're is a smart man. That's that's the answer there because you, you look, you get your bread, your little little piece of bread, crustini, You end up putting up your your let's say sopressata or your prosciutto. You put on your cheese and then you top it off with a little roasted red pepper. It's tremendous. The it only, is glorious. It's the, right there.
0: The only value I have for grapes on my charcuterie board is my son is a huge fan of me being able to toss them up in the air and catch them in my mouth. That's my, <laughs> that's my latest monkey Four trick for him. Love uh, that I love that's huh? That's why he keeps me around. But, uh, no, we could do another two hours of charcuterie talk, could we not?
1: We, we definitely could, but I think uh, producer Steph's going to wring our necks if we go on for another 25 minutes on charcuterie talk. But uh, maybe we'll have to go and get ourselves a board at some point. I know I'll be eating some charcutes throughout the Christmas holidays, and I'm sure some, uh, some other people listening might as well, especially those in the Woodbridge area. Love it. Love it. It's, it. it's going to happen. All right, on the other side, we'll get back into tonight's game, Leafs and Lightning on TSN4. Uh, Al's brother, School's Generacy, coming up next.
0: This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here.
1: Time now for Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy.
2: Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot.
1: Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards. Available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion... All right, Josh, Josh Cloak of The Athletic in here with me. Uh, every game day we do this segment, Sal's Brothers School degeneracy, kind of looking at the game tonight, Leafs and Lightning from a betting angle. We give a couple of prop bets that could be wagered upon over at FanDuel. And a couple ones that I like tonight, look, I, I think the Maple Leafs stopped the skid. I think they stopped the Tampa Bay Lightning in their tracks. I think they get a win. And by doing so, Austin Matthews is going to score a goal. I think he's going to score. So you can get a little parlay of Matthews to score and the Leafs win at plus 210 because that's a little bit better than the minus 138 odds at just a Maple Leafs victory. Um, I think Bunting, who's got points in 10 of his last 11 games, 12 points in those 11 games, I think he gets a point tonight, over half a point pin, 122. And then Steven Stamkos, a Leaf killer, 59 points in 46 games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Three-goal shot of 500 on his career, by the way. I think he gets a point tonight over half a point, paying minus 168. So those are a couple of bets that I like for tonight's game. You can find those over on FanDuel. Um, little disturbing Nugget you shared with producer Steph and I oh during the break. You don't know what Elf on the Shelf is. I
0: I, I knew there was going to be a point in my life where I was exposed as an old, right? <laughs> like, like I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but like I, I'm I'm approaching one of those birthdays that is is kind of scary. Uh, and and now I'm kind of wary when I'm around people I know that are younger than me of, of exposing myself, you know, as an old person. And I think I've done that. Is, have I done that?
1: I don't know if it's it's, it's as, as an old person, but I think it's. You have a uh, four-year-old, touch. four-year-old son?
0: Yes, he's four. He just turned four. So
1: this is a, that's about the age where Elf on the Shelf is so prominent. Like That's when you want to be getting into it. So next year, it okay. starts on December 1st, and you move this, this elf all around your house. It's a magical elf that moves itself, walks wherever. You do fun. You leave little notes, and you do these fun little things. I think your son would uh, would appreciate and have some fun with that during the Christmas holidays and during the month of December. You got to look into it. That's what you're going to have to do next year, uh Son,
0: there. He, you know what? He just got off Paw Patrol, and we consider that a big victory. So I mm-hmm. don't know if we want to introduce anything else yet, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: yeah. Paw Patrol's one to get weaned weaned off of, I yeah. suppose. It was a big big dub in the house. Yeah. Well, I'm, he's, he's he's probably got a couple of years left of that show. That's. I hope not. Hope
0: not. I, now you're to, I'm done with the Pops, Ryder and the Pops. I'm done. Ryder's <laughs> a little too domineering for me.
1: Um, tonight, though, Leafs and Lightning. It'll be on TSN4. I, I think they come away with the win. Uh, what, what's your thoughts quickly on tonight's game?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're calling a bunting point. You're calling a Matthews point. You're calling a Stamko's point. Not a goalie battle tonight. Um, look, I, I think the Leafs just have to play true to their, you know, what, what I think they want their identity to be, which is still kind of a high-flying team. Um... I I think a Leafs win tonight really sets the tone for the next few weeks. So, um, again, it would be a crucial win for them.
1: Absolutely. You can watch that game on TSN for tonight. Josh, it was a blast. Two hours goes by pretty darn quick We you're sitting in the chair, doesn't it? It does,
0: but again, now I'm hungry, and now uh, now I've got something to think about. I know my wife is probably listening, so she's <laughs> got a, a topic for next Christmas, so thank you very much for that.
1: There you go. There you go. Helping out uh, you and the fam. Well, if I don't see you, have a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays for you and your family, um, but appreciate it. It was a fun uh, fun to, to sit down. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Uh, if you missed today's show, you can check it out on tsn1050.ca or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano for Josh Cloak of The Athletic. Uh, Gameplay coming up next.